0: Well good morning. A few weeks ago we started this series on the blessed life. And we started, if you remember, if you were here, we started with the cake mix. And with this idea that you can't just pour the cake mix into the pan and put it in the oven and expect to get a cake. You've got to put all the ingredients in. You've got to stir it up the right way. You've got to put it at the right, you've got to follow the instructions for you to have uh, the cake that you want. And this is one of the fundamental mistakes that people make when they come to their faith. They pick out one ingredient or one action and they think if they do that one thing that therefore God is somehow obligated to come down upon them and cover them from all the other mess-ups that we make and for their life to be blessed. When the Word of God teaches us that there are many things that come into that ingredient. That's part of what we're talking about right now during our Equip series on Wednesday nights, which is about discipleship. It's about how to, how to understand those ingredients. And so we've gone through a series of lessons on what we believe, and throughout this summer, we're taking some time to look at how to understand uh, the Word of God. It's more than a book. So this Wednesday, uh, we're talking about uh, the Old Testament and how to understand the Old Testament and why the Old Testament is important to us. And so we encourage you to come out in this day when there are many voices that are out there trying to impact our life. We want to come and be well-founded in the Word of God. On Sundays, you know, sometimes we talk about relationships. Sometimes we talk about grace. Sometimes we talk about how we talk to each other. Sometimes we talk about the cross. Sometimes we take some passage of Scripture and take several weeks to work through it. But we let the Lord lead us in what He would have us to talk about. Right now, we're talking about one of those ingredients that we talk about about every year, year and a half, two years or so. One of those ingredients is money. And we know that's hard for some people. For some of us, getting a scriptural view of money is difficult. It makes us very, very uncomfortable. So let me just put you at ease. Nobody's going to make you do anything. Nobody's going to come hold an offering container in front of your face and say, Not enough, not enough, not enough. Keep doing more. So be at ease. We just want to challenge you with what the Word of God says and let the Word of God direct and lead your life. Amen? Now, if you have been blessed as you have have discovered this truth and you have been blessed by God and you know that you've experienced it in your life, I want to encourage you to share your testimony with people. Say, well, I haven't been asked to. I'm asking you to today. I'm asking you, when you get in your small groups and you talk about these lessons we've been going through, uh, talk about how God's blessed you. Share with others. Why? Because it's through revelation that others will will see this and experience the same blessing. Maybe you've told somebody and they forgot. That's okay. Okay remind us maybe you just haven't shared i want to tell you it's important for you to give god glory and to encourage others so if nothing else if nothing else send me an email with your testimony on it you can get my email on the on the on the uh, website anytime you can reach me anytime i'm easy to reach i'd love to hear your testimony how god has blessed you as you begin to follow and trust god with the provision in your life. And I'd love to help you share that with others to spark faith in their life. Now let me ask you a question as we start today. How do you kind of approach life? Uh, the problems in life or the desires of life. People think in different terms. I, I have a tendency to think in, in terms of vision, in terms of a, a preferable future And especially when I was a young youth pastor, I wanted to charge forth with that vision. I would catch some vision like, okay, we're going to do Chicago outreach and we're going to go up there and help plant some churches and we're going to partner with 20 or 30 other churches or more and go up there and work for a week. And and I would think, okay, I'm going to get a busload of teenagers and we're going to take them up to Chicago And we're going to be a part of this week-long outreach. This is going to be great. I'd start announcing it. It wouldn't be long. I'd get a knock on the door of my office and our business administrator would walk in. I'd say, hey, "Hey, you got a minute? Yeah, come on in. Uh, Here you're going, taking a bunch of kids to Chicago for an outreach. Yeah. Uh, How much is that going to cost? And I'd say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 20 bucks a kid. <laughs> he'd say, really? I remember having this conversation with him for, for the first time. He said, really? Um, how are you going to get him there? So I figured we'd rent a bus. Okay, well, let's sit here. And he'd sit there. He'd write some things down. And who's going to drive it? Well, I guess whoever we rent it from. The guy's going to have a bus driver, so, Okay. Where are they going to stay when we get when you get up there? Well, well you know, we'll you know we'll get a hotel or something, I guess. Okay, he'd start writing stuff down. he'd say, how are you going to feed them? Well, we'll go out to eat wherever we can, and we'll feed them. And he'd just go through a whole. He went through his whole list of things. And finally, he looked at me at the end of that, and he said, uh, "Yeah, it's going to be about two hundred twenty-nine bucks a kid." And I looked at him and I thought, he is a dream killer. <laughs> this is a man without vision. This is a godless soul who does not want to do the work of God. And get thee behind me, Satan, would be my, was my thought as a youth pastor. And that's the way I thought until I finally realized he's right. you got to think about these things. So even today, you know, when... When, when one of our staff will come in and they'll have uh, a vision for something that they want to do, uh, my, one of my first questions is, how much is it going to cost? Most of them have now learned not to even bring it to me until they know how much it's going to cost. Because my next question is going to be, how are we going to pay for it? Now listen, I want you to catch this. I believe if it's God's vision, there's always a way. I, I don't care what the stretch is. I mean, taken—I I took kids to England. I took them to Curacao. I took them around the world on missions trips. And kids would go out and work and strive and, and, and raise the money. And they'd get it done. And we'd go and work for a couple of weeks for the glory of God's kingdom. So I believe there's a way. I, I just don't want that associate to come in and think I'm the way. I don't even know God's the way. Whenever there's a vision of God... There's a way, because God is a miracle-working providing God. He provides for us. Today we're going to talk about the principles of multiplication. Multiplication, as we all know, is a math term, and when it comes to our resources, multiplication is better than addition. And our God is a God of multiplication. So let me ask you, would it be all right with you if God multiplied your resources? I, I, he can do that for me anytime He wants to. This can apply in all areas of our life. But today I want us to talk about two principles of multiplication that we have to get right if we're going to experience the blessed life and the power of God. So let's stand again and let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. Now the day began to wear away. And the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions. For we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to the disciples, Have them sit down in groups of fifty. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Father, we thank you for your power to multiply. And we pray you'd help us to capture this truth on this Blessed Father's Day. We pray you bless fathers today. You'd help us to be men after your heart. Men who point to you. Men who live lives that are pleasing to you men who lead our children and our families to love and serve you. Help us in this every day of our lives and help us to walk in the truth that you are our Father who wants to bless us. Touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, one of the things you discover as you begin to read the Bible, you read the Gospels or you read the books of history in the Old Testament and then the books of, uh, of the prophets, is you begin to discover that there are parallel scriptures. These are are scriptures that tell the same story. But as you read the parallel scriptures, it begins to enlighten us and help us see the fullness of what took place in in, in any particular story. In Matthew 14 is the parallel scripture to this verse. And we hear in this verse that there were 5,000 men there. That's what they, in the culture of the day, That's what they counted. They counted the men. And all the men represented families. So for the most part in families of that day, there would be a man and a wife and and usually three or four children. So at this point in time, if there was just two children, this number wouldn't be 5,000 people. It would be closer to 20,000 people that that day listening to Jesus. At the same time, there's five loaves and two fish that they have to feed all of these people, 20,000 or more people. You know, I, I just imagine what it would be like around here if, you know, I just came on a day like today and went out to the cafe and said, okay, listen, uh, you know, these two services day. I want you to feed everybody today. They'd say, we're not prepared for that. We're not ready for that. But now you've got 20,000 people. And they're going to be fed with you know, just a couple of fish and a few loaves. That happens because God is a God of multiplication. At the end of the story, we see that there were 12 basketfuls left over. And you can come to all kinds of conclusions of why there were 12 basketfuls, uh, you know, maybe it was just that God, Jesus was going to give the 12 disciples all a, you know, a take-home basket. Maybe that was the, the sum total of the whole thing. But I want you to put yourself today for a minute with me. I want you to take yourself to that moment in time and you're on this hillside with Jesus and he's teaching and this great crowd of thousands of people are there and you're in the middle of this story. How would you have responded so you're you're one of these people standing around with the disciples and they're looking at this great crowd of 20, 25,000 people. You've had a, a great day. Uh, the speaker, Jesus, who is he's the man, he's why they're there. You've seen the miracles, you've seen the things happening, his teaching is fabulous, and he's why they're there, why they're there. And he begins to teach. And noontime comes, and it's about time to dismiss, but instead of the speaker speaking. See, if you ever say the pastor's long-winded, you need to read this story. (laughs) Jesus keeps going, and he keeps going. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. And as we start this in verse 12, it says, and when the day began to get short, when the day began to wear out. When the day began to wear away. Now do you know what that means in the English? It means when the day was about to wear away. Now imagine, you're sitting over there with the, with the disciples and and they're standing there, and you know they're kind of the ushers, you know. And they're getting tired. They've been there all day watching all these people, trying to get everything together and make sure everything's in, in, is in the right place. And and finally, one "This is going on forever. What is go- is he ever going to stop? We haven't gotten a break all day." And one says, "No that. I'm I'm hungry. I haven't had a snack. I haven't had anything to eat all day. I'm 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 about to pass out. I'm going to die right here." And one of them says, oh, that's it. That's it. Let's tell Jesus that the people are hungry. He'll have to stop them. You know, he kind of loves the people. He likes them. He'll look at them. He'll have sympathy for them. And he'll let them go because they've been here all day, sitting out here, and they're, they're hungry. So let's, let's tell Jesus that he's hungry. So now pretend with me for a minute that you've been elected the spokesperson. They look at you and they say, yeah, you, you go tell Jesus. And so now the implication of the word is this. It'd be like somebody coming up here right now and whispering something in my ear. They interrupt him while he's teaching. So he comes up, you know, you come up to Jesus and He's, uh, he, said, he looks at you, and, and, and you look at him and go, excuse me, excuse me, Jesus. This has been great. You know, what you've been saying today, it's just, wow. Wow, this is, this is great stuff. It's really good. This series of messages that you're bringing all in one day. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, this is, uh, it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. But, but we've been talking a little bit, the guys and I, we've been talking, and, 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 and we kind of feel like the, the people have been here all day and, you know, they're, they're getting hungry. Now, I, I, could, I could stay here all night with you, Lord. I could be here all night. It's the people that are hungry and the restaurants are about to close and the hotels are about to close. So, you know, we're kind of thinking that maybe you should kind of, you know, close it down, wrap it up, let the people go get something to eat. The Lord looks at you and he says, so, you're concerned about the people. say, yeah, Lord, it's all about the people. (laughs) Okay, then you give them something to eat. Uh, What? What? Yeah, you and the group of guys over there talking. Get your heads together and give them something. Something to eat. Now I want you. To, I want to stop right here in this because this this is a point of truth that you need to capture. When you see a need and you take it to the Lord, you know what He does about ninety nine percent of the time. He tells you to step up and do something about it. Be careful what you pray about. Oh God, our teenagers need to be reached for you. Will you touch our teenagers? Yeah, go go after it. What? God, there's, there's, there's people in great need over here. Yeah, go, go minister to them. About nine times out of ten, he looks right back at us and says, go, I'm glad you saw that. Glad you saw that. I feel the same way. Go and do something about it. Go get involved. So now you kind of go, okay, and you, you go back to, you know, the, the committee of guys standing over there, the 12. And, and, and this is where it gets hard they look at you and they say to you, "Did you tell him the people are hungry?" You go, "Yeah, yeah I, I did. In fact, I used those exact words. That's exactly what I said." So, so, is he going to dismiss the service and let everybody go? <laughs> Not really. Well, well, what what did he say? He said, "For us." you and me for us to give them something to eat. What? He wants us to give them something to eat? This is, this is a disaster. How are we going to do that? And About that time, about that time you're standing there talking about what's going to happen and this kid who's stuck back into town and is walking by with a long John Silver sack with a, you know, <laughs> He's got the two-piece fish meal with the extra roll in it. Comes walking by and somehow or another the twelve get that from the kid. Now that's a miracle in itself right there. (laughs) They get the kid's lunch. They take it from him. And they look at this and they say, okay, okay, this is all we've got. That's it. That's it. This is the answer. Let's Let's take this up to Jesus and show him what we have and tell him this is all we have. He'll dismiss them and let them go home then. You know, 20,000 people and one sack lunch. I think he's going to send everybody home then. Now, here's another part of the lesson. The rules of the kingdom of God don't always make sense in the kingdom of this world. As a Christian, you've got to settle that. He he tells us, love your enemy to bless those who curse you. That doesn't make a lot of sense in the eyes of the kingdom of this world. But it makes perfect sense in the kingdom of God. He he tells us that when we have needs to pray, to ask God for help. Doesn't make sense a lot of times in the eyes of the world. But it makes perfect sense in the eyes of the kingdom of God. He tells us to fast. We think, what, what is giving up food? How's that going to help anything? But he tells us in the kingdom of God that there's power in fasting. That, that added strength comes when we fast. That makes, that makes sense in the eyes of the kingdom of this world. And when it comes to giving and it comes to tithe, I just want to tell you, it doesn't make sense in the eyes of the kingdom of this world. This is why I don't argue with people about giving. I try to tell them the truth because it has to come by revelation. That's why we preach about it and talk about it because maybe sitting here today, that revelation will come and you'll go, yeah, this isn't a kingdom of this world thing. It is a kingdom of God thing that God's blessing on the 90% is, ble- is better than not having his blessing on the 100%. Wow, I want to get in the place of God's blessing. So it's a simple rule. So they go, but they go back to the Lord and they say, uh, you know, you, they send you back up and you say, Lord, uh, excuse me for just a minute. Um, you know, this has been, this has been great. And, and the guys, we've been talking and we've been, We've been uh, working on this feeding everything, feeding everybody thing that you told us about. Yeah, we've been trying to get that together, but uh, we're we're not having much luck. All we've got is these two fish and these five rolls. So we're we're kind of back to the idea of just letting them go home. What, what, what do you, what do you think? Jesus says, "You have two fish and five loaves." And they say, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great." Have them all sit in groups of fifty. What? What? Yeah, go out there and set them down right now, in groups of fifty. And and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of them. Lord, Lord I, I I didn't mean to say we have a sack like this for everyone. I meant to say we have one sack for everyone. Not a sack for everyone. One sack for everyone. Not, not, they don't all get a sack. We only have one sack. Am I, Lord, am I, am I being clear? It's, it's not. I, I, I'm sorry if I confused you. We don't have a bunch of sacks. We have one sack. The Lord goes, I, I got you. Got you pretty clear on this. Have to sit down in groups of 50. Now what happens is he takes that one sack and he blesses it. This is talking about the blessed life. He blesses it. And he broke it and he gave it to the disciples to give to the multitude. And he said, Father, bless this and now he hands the sack back to them. Now, it's a blessed sack. And he says to them, now go give it away. And there, Lord, is there anything else you want to do, do here? Uh, you you want to pray some more? We still just got this one second. Jesus blessed us. And, and see, once you, once you bring it to him, then you got to watch what happens so they go out with the one sack and they begin to give it out and i can imagine if it was me i'd be saying uh, listen uh, just a little bit oh we got oh we got this thing right here don't don't take too much but then they begin to notice that as people break off a piece and take a piece that doesn't seem to wear out, that more seems to show up. And before long, they're going, hey, take take as much as you want. Help you. And they're watching this miracle unfold right in front of their eyes see the miracle started in the master's hand but he didn't hand them i mean think of how many platters of food that would have been you got 20,000 people 12 disciples how many platters of food would he have had to produce up there sitting there watching everybody for them to even be able to carry that out to the people but he just gives it back to him, what they've given to him, what he's broken and what he's blessed. And as they go out, it begins to multiply until, I, I love this, because this is, this is so rare any place in the world. 20,000 people. And what, what does the Bible say about them? They were all satisfied. God had filled and blessed every one of them. This is helping us to see how the kingdom works. The miracle starts in the master's hands, but it's multiplied in the disciples' hands. So there's two principles here of multiplication. The first one is this. It it has to be blessed before it can multiply. We've learned about this in our finances over the last several weeks, that for your finances to be blessed... You have to bring that 10% to the house of God. What's the house of God? It's the place where we belong as Christians, where we come to learn and to grow and to express our faith. We are the house of God. And yet Hebrews teaches us that Jesus receives and blesses that which we, be, that, that which we bring. So some come here and they give a little here and they give a little there, but they don't bring the tithe, and what they miss out on is you have to bring, have to bring the tithe to get the blessing. Until you take that step, you're not going to have the blessing. You've got to bring all that belongs to God to God. So, what if the disciples had, had had given out the loaves and fishes before Jesus blessed it? What do you think would have happened? Oh, we got one sack of, of, of loaves and fishes here. It wouldn't have gone very far. It had been gone before you got down the first row. And this is what happens when people listen. This is what happens when we give away before we take care of our tithe, before we bring things in for it to be blessed, when we give a little here and a little there, and it doesn't have the blessing of God on it. There's two legitimate ways to believe, two legitimate scriptural ways. We either believe in the tithe or we believe in generosity. I believe in a combination of both. I believe the tithe belongs in the house of God and generosity should be part of my life in all ways. That's the only two biblical ways you can come to, you can come to any kind of conclusion when you walk through the church. But the American church, I want to tell you, we're failing at walking in faith at this very point. That's why we take weeks and talk about this issue. Listen to what uh, the Phoenix, uh, the research of Phoenix and and the Opinions for Good News out of New Hampshire, recently wrote. Eighty-eight percent of charitable donors across America believe they are giving a higher percentage of, it, of their income than they actually are. The typical American gives three point two percent of their household income to charitable causes including 1.9% to their church, yet they estimate that they give 8.4%. 38% of households claim they give 10% when only 4% actually do. 60% of Americans give less than 1% of their income to charities, all charities across the board. And one third of the people overestimate their contributions by fifty to ninety percent. So when you say to them, do you get, "Oh yeah, I give chairs? How much? Oh, I give so much to chair? They've really they're guessing. They really don't know, and they're really overestimating it. Now, why share this? Well, a couple of quick points. I'll tell you why I do. I believe in tithing, I believe in generosity because I see it in the Word and the Word directs me on how the kingdom of God works and I want you to know how the kingdom of God works. I've done this from the first dollar I ever made in my life. I've experienced the blessing of God in my life in more ways than I can ever count. I don't think I'd be the pastor of this church today. If you great people today if I hadn't started tithing years and years before I was ever a pastor. I believe this is part of the blessing of God in my life. I, I look at, at my, family. I've got a, I'm, I'm, my family. I'm blessed with my family, with my children, with my wife, and my wife is so patient with me. And I, I believe God has multiplied in my life in all of those places because one of the things I've gotten right is being faithful to God and my finances. I believe we're all going to answer to God for our stewardship of what He gave us. And if we are blessed to be a blessing, then doesn't that apply to our giving as well? Early, earlier studies than this one show, just as a side note, earlier studies also show that people overestimate their church attendance too. That they think they're in the house of God far more than they actually are. So the question is, is what do you really believe God wants us to do with our resources that he has blessed us with? This is up to you. But we're going to spend one more week talking about this. Then we're going to talk about America and then we're going to go into a series on Built to Last. Here's our second thing. Second principle of multiplication. It has to be, it has to, first one is it has to be blessed. The second one is this. It has to be given away before it can multiply. Once you have given it, once you've given it, it can be blessed. See, what if the disciples had eaten it? What if they'd have taken the sack and eaten it? It would have never multiplied for the multitude. They gave what Jesus blessed, and because of it, they got 12 basketfuls back. See, here's the principle. God will always bring back his blessing into our lives if we trust him to use what he's given us to be a blessing to other people's lives. When you live a generous life, an obedient life, and you give out to others, God will always make sure there's enough for you. He'll always take care of you because you now become the conduit through which God sends his blessing. What God has blessed you with has the potential to multiply, but you have to give that that portion away. A seed has the potential to multiply, but you have have to plant it. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now listen to me. I want you to hear this. I don't think anybody's going to hell because they don't tithe. I don't think people are bad people because they don't tithe. Some may be greedy. Maybe some of them, they're just greedy. Some may just be deceived. Some may not have discovered the truth of God's principle, and some may not have put their full faith in God. But I want you to have life to the full. And to do that, you have to enter into the kingdom of God and its rules. And when you understand the kingdom of God and its rules, one of the things you've got to understand is how he works with the things that he blesses us with. And when he blesses us with things, he blesses us to be a blessing. And when we are generous and we give rightly, he can bless us with more. So as we wrap this up today, do you believe God answers prayer? Do you believe that? Do you believe if you're sick, God can heal you? Do you believe that if you have problems in your family that God can move in conviction and bring unity to your family? Do you believe that? Do you believe God's word is true? Do you believe that there is eternal life, that when we die, we're going to spend eternity someplace? Do you believe that you can go to heaven in Jesus' name? Do you believe that? Do you believe the fruit of the Spirit can move in your life and grow in you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for you today to be used in your life today? Do you believe God intervenes in our life and blesses us? Do you believe that? Do you believe we reap what we sow? Then why don't you believe in tithing? Why don't you believe in generosity? If I believe those things, that that's not any more of a stretch than any of the no more of a stretch than any of these other things it just had the problem is is money has a hold of our hearts listen i just want to tell you this church is a generous church there's so many of you that get this and you understand it. when you walk out the door today i hope you walk out going amen thank you pastor keep telling because other people need to get blessed like i've been blessed I hope you go into your small groups and say, listen, what pastor's saying is true. I've experienced it in my life. I'm living this. God has shown this in my life. I believe it. I know it. I understand it. Because what, I, what, what, what are you saying? I, I hope others capture it. hope others get it. I want to be really clear about I want others to get this. But if you're sitting here today and you haven't, you haven't taken this step and said, wait a second, one of the places where God wants to heal me is from a greedy, self-centered, self-directing, self-controlling heart to a generous, giving, blessing heart to others. Then you're missing one of the great truths of what God wants to do in your life and how he wants to bless you. All right. Now you got to do something about it. Amen? Let's stand together. Prayer teams, come on down front. Father, I thank you for this great and generous church. So many people in this room get everything that I've said to None of this is new to them. None of this is new to so many of them. Some of us, Father, we we need to capture this revelation that, wow, if I believe in these other things, why wouldn't I believe in this? Why wouldn't I put my faith in my Father in heaven for this? Lord, I, I just pray you'd help us to feed the multitudes with what you've given us to take the little that we have and to put it in your hands so it can be blessed so that the multitudes can be taken care of and ministered to. For Father, we know that not only will it minister to them, but there'll be 12 basketfuls left over for us as well. That you'll take care of us as well. So Lord, help us to get this, we pray. Help us to walk in it, we pray. In Jesus' mighty matchless name, amen and amen. Hey, I love every one of you today. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Guys, have a great Father's Day, and God bless you. Grace and peace.